الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا بني اسرائيل اذكروا نعمتي التي انعمت عليكم واوفوا بعهدي اوف بعهدكم واياي فارهبون وآمنوا بما أنزلت مصدقا لما معكم ولا تكونوا أول كافر به وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلاة عماد الدين من أقامها فقد أقام الدين ومن هدمها فقد هدم الدين أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسفكت العلماء الكرام brothers and elders this ayat of the quran sharif allah taala addresses the bani israel the bani israel israel was the name of hazrat yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam and the bani israel were his progeny and in many places of the quran sharif they have been addressed and various aspects have been mentioned but all this is for us whether the quran sharif speaks about something directly to the believers whether it is something that allah taala mentions about the yahud or nasara whether about the munafiqin and whether about the kuffar and mushrikeen all those ayat pertain to us otherwise if a person says well this refers to the mushrikeen so this doesn't pertain to me or apply to me this doesn't apply to me because it addresses the kuffar and this doesn't apply to me because it's speaking about the munafiqin then two thirds or more of the quran sharif will say doesn't apply to us but as every ayat of the quran sharif is for us and all these incidents that allah taala mentions in the quran sharif about the yahud about the nasara about the munafiqin and the mushrikeen all this is gift to give us ibrad that don't fall in the same destruction that they fell in that take note of how they destroyed themselves where they ended up so don't make the same mistake and you follow the way of the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam their incidents that are mentioned in the quran sharif the incidents of the pious people you follow this way of life that you will gain that success that they gain also though they are worlds apart in the success of the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam and those who are not anbiya ali musallatu wasalam but by following in their way of life we'll also gain success in itself we'll also gain that eternal jannat inshallah so all these ayat are for us so in any case in many ayat of the quran sharif the bani israel have been discussed and what allah taala ordered them how they conducted themselves what they did what they didn't do and all this is to give us lesson so in this ayat also allah taala first says to them ya bani israel azkuru ni'mati allati an'amtu alaykum that o oh, the progeny of israel of yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam israel means the same meaning of abdullah so the bani israel yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam his more famous name was yaqub but this was his second name and the quran sharif addresses them with this name the progeny of israel 
to give this lesson that this is what you are meant to be. You are meant to be Abdullah. You are meant to be the true servant and slave of Allah Ta'ala. And a slave, a slave has no choice of his own. A slave, he is somebody that submits entirely to his master. Hassan Basri perhaps one of the other great personalities of the time, he bought a slave and he brought him home and he asked him, what is your name? The person replied that my name, what name does a slave have? Whatever the master calls him, that is his name. So he said, very well, what will you eat? He says, does a slave have any choice in what he will eat? What the master feeds him, that is his food. So he says, well, what will you wear? He says, no choice of mine. Whatever the master gives me to wear, that will be my clothes. And where will you sleep? Where will you spend the night? He says, well, that also, there's no choice for a slave. Wherever the master makes him sleep, that is his place. On these questions and answers in this manner, Hassan Basir Rahmatullah fell unconscious. And when he regained consciousness, somebody asked him what happened, what was so strange or so great that you actually fell unconscious. See, this person taught me what it means to be a true slave of Allah Ta'ala. The days the slavery in dunya is a very, very, very minute level of slavery, which it occurred in one period of time. Now there's no more slaves also. But we tend to still become, we take advantage of that situation but this person despite me having this very minimal kind of ownership over him but he has totally handed himself over to me he has no name of his own choice no place of his own choice no food of his own choice and I am the total creation of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala created me from nothing so how much more I should be submitting myself to Allah Ta'ala who created me who is sustaining me who gave me anything and everything so this person taught me what is slavery, what it means to be a slave of Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala is addressing them with these words, Ya Bani Israel, Uzkuru ni'mati an'amtu alaykum. That remember the favor that I blessed you with. Now primarily this refers to the favor of guidance and hidayat and the Torah that was revealed to them and all these ni'mats and favors and included with that is all the innumerable benefits and bounties that insan are given. And this is what Allah Ta'ala is giving as a command that remember my favor upon you. And this is something which we unfortunately very greatly neglect. And we don't give thought to this, don't sit and ponder over it. Not just in a very casual manner, just in passing, but in a, with concentration, in a, with, with purpose to surround and reflect. What is Allah Ta'ala bless me with? And did I even deserve one bit of this? Hazrat Mufti Shafi once somebody, he was sitting in the car and going some, they stopped some place. So one person came and he was begging for something. So he started asking in a little bit of a persistent manner. So Mufti Shafi took out some money and gave him. So one of his sons who was there, he said to him that, it's obvious this fellow doesn't deserve anything. So should we still give him something? He's a professional beggar. He doesn't deserve it. Should we still give him? So Musti Shafi replied and said, if Allah Ta'ala also only gave us that which we deserved, would we have anything? 
If Allah Ta'ala gave us only that which we were deserving, do we deserve anything? So whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, given us, is something that we never deserved. And all these na'mas and bounties, countless innumerable bounties of Allah Ta'ala, how much do we remember it? And the slightest challenge, the little bit of difficulty, some slight mishap, how small it might be, but our entire attention gets caught up in that, and that becomes something that holds our mind and heart. But yet the countless bounties of Allah Ta'ala, we don't ever give any thought to it, that this is Allah Ta'ala's favor. It's Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat. This morsel of food is Allah Ta'ala's bounty. Our Shaykh Shah Hakim Akhtasab Rahmatullah he used to quote Hazrat Shah Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah Shaykh and he says when I eat he was eating simple dal and he said to us Hazrat Hakim Sahab Rahmatullah Hakim Akhtar I am getting the taste of biryani in this so he said Hazrat but this is just simple dal how can you get the taste of biryani in this he says I am not focusing on the dal itself I am focusing on the hand that's feeding me this dal and that is the hand of Allah Ta'ala, the hidden hand. My attention is on that hidden hand that gave me this also. If a person truly has love for someone, and that person gives him something simple to eat, puts it in his mouth, even if he is not fond of it too, it becomes extremely delicious. Because it's the hand of love that fed it. So when a person is truly conscious of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala is feeding me. Allah Ta'ala blessed me with this. All the bounties are from Allah Ta'ala then there will be a different taste of life also. And this is the cure to all the, the depression often that we find ourselves in, that we unfortunately focus so much into the negatives that we forget the positives. And that is the cure actually, to now make this deep shukar from the depth of the heart, this deep shukar for the countless bounties of Allah Ta'ala. And this countless bounties, a person starts making shukar on it, he won't have space in his heart to be now focusing on the negatives, on the challenges of life. So Allah Ta'ala is saying to them, Ya Bani Israel, Remember my bounty upon you. And we find in the lives of our Kabir, the incidents, so many incidents, all filled with this positive thoughts. In the most trying circumstances also, thinking positively and being grateful for Allah Ta'ala's innumerable bounties. There was one very great Buzrug, he was very, one of the elders of the work of Dawat and Tabligh, Qazi Abdul Qadir Sahib Rahmatullah who used to be based in England, one of the Khulafa was the Shaykh Rahmatullah So once in Pakistan he met in a very severe accident, such a severe accident that his whole face was disfigured. And now he was in hospital, and Abdul Wahab etc. had came to visit him. So, oh, some of these Abidin Sahib came to visit him. So when he came, he met him. Now he's there in hospital, lying there, disfigured. So he asked him, how are you feeling? So he said, Alhamdulillah. Then he said, there's so many favors of Allah Ta'ala. Then he said that, this Zainal Abidin Sahib was relating this he says when he said I am very well one is something lip service but when somebody is saying it from the depth of his heart you can sense it that this person is not just saying something for the sake of saying it he's truly convinced about it that I am very well so I asked him but how can you be feeling very well 
you are in this condition, your whole face is disfigured. Which Alhamdulillah later then he recovered. But in any case at that point in time, we asked him, but you really, from the depth of your heart, you feel this way? He said, yes, I feel this way. He said, how come but? So he said, number one, Alhamdulillah, this calamity came on my body, not on my Iman. If this trial and test came on my Iman, what would have been the condition then? So Allah Ta'ala saved my Iman, but there was some little mishap that came on my body. So I am focusing on that, Alhamdulillah, my Iman is safe. So that is, I am so overcome with that joy, that Alhamdulillah, my Iman is safe, that it has made this fade in the background. Then he said the second thing, is that Alhamdulillah, due to you coming to visit me, you also got the reward of such great rewards, a person who visits somebody's the ill person, man aada maridan awzara akhallahu fillah. Nabi Islam says a person who visits the sick person. Or visits his brother purely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. No other purpose, no ulterior motive. There's no business, there's no just any worldly motive. The motive is purely for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And therefore we should appreciate that knock on our doors when the jamaat comes and knocks at the door. They came for no other purpose. They came only for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And they're bringing that barakat to us. So, man aada maridan awzara akhan lahu fillah. Nadahu munadin. That the caller calls out from the skies. Bi antibta wa taaba mamshaak wa tabawwata min al-jannati manzila. That what a wonderful thing you've done. Your walking is so excellent. And you've built yourself a palace in Jannat. So, mashallah, you got this reward. I'm also getting the rewards from Allah Ta'ala for making sabr on this. And then the third thing he said was that Allah Ta'ala has unlimited treasures of everything. Just as he has unlimited treasures of ni'mats and bounties, there are unlimited treasures of difficulties also. And from that unlimited treasures of difficulties, one small minute amount, a fraction of a fraction, Allah Ta'ala sent as a test. If Allah Ta'ala sent more, what could I have done? So Allah Ta'ala only sent this little bit, this very minute amount from that unlimited treasures of trials and tests and tribulations that Allah Ta'ala also has. Now, a person in that condition, lying there disfigured, and yet he has the heart and the mind to be positive, to be thinking in a positive manner, to be focusing on the bounties and na'mas of Allah Ta'ala, and to be saying from the depth of the heart, Alhamdulillah, I'm very well. Now this is that reality of shukr. So in any case, the Bani Israel were also given the same command, Uzkuru ni'mati allati an'amtu alaykum. Wa awfu bi'ahdi, awfi bi'ahdikum. Allah says, you fulfill my covenant, the agreement you made with me, I will fulfill the agreement I made with you. The agreement you made, which in another ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala discusses that, that when we took this promise from the Bani Israel that لَيْنْ أَقَمْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتِيْتُمُ الزَّكَاةَ وَآمَنْتُمْ بِرُسُلِي وَأَزَّرْتُمُوهُمْ وَأَقْرَتْمُ اللَّهَ قَرْدًا حَسَنًا that you will do all these things you will establish salah and you will discharge the zakat and you will help the messenger of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala you will support them and you will give a good loan to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala by helping the needy etc so this is your duty, what you have agreed to do. 
And together with that was obviously that they will accept among all the various other aspects that when the last messenger of Allah Ta'ala comes, when Rasulullah comes, they will believe in him and they will follow him. So Allah Ta'ala is addressing them that you make this promise. You fulfill that, Ufi bi ahdikum. I will fulfill my part of the deal. I will forgive all your sins. I will enter you into this Jannat, in this paradise, gardens of Jannat, beneath which rivers flow, and all the ni'mats and bounties of Jannat. So Allah Ta'ala says, you do your part of the deal, I'll do mine. This keeping to your word, that you have given your word, you keep to it. And when you have when you keep to your word, then you'll see how the benefits will come. Hadam Muhammad mentioned one incident, it was most probably him, that in the previous days, olden days in India, when there's a wedding, now this whole entourage will go the, from the groom side to go and fetch the bride and come. Mainly this whole entourage was because of the dangers. Now there's going to be a whole bridal party that's going to bring in the bride and all her things and whatever else. And now they're coming by horse and cart and wagon and whatever else. So there was every lot of danger on the way of being looted. And that is why this, this was the actual reason this whole entourage would go. As a source of security. So in any case they went and now and as they're returning, they were waylaid. And this whole group of bandits and robbers surrounded them. So this one person who was the senior and the elder in that whole caravan, he quickly jumped out and he said, look, listen, don't touch anybody, don't hurt anybody. We'll give you everything. We'll give you all the presents, etc. Whatever we brought along, whatever we have with us, all the wealth, everything we'll give you. We only leave one thing behind. But you don't touch anybody, don't hurt anybody. So it's very well. So all the gifts and whatever else was now in that caravan, everything was taken and given away to them. These robbers took that and moved off. And this caravan then proceeded. As they're going along, so the bride now, she is saying to somebody that Alhamdulillah, this one piece of jewelry, this ring got saved. I had this ring on also. This got saved. Everything else went away, but I got this still. So this person, the elder of the family who had made this pact with the people, he overheard this. He said, just hold on. I told him we'll give them everything. And now this, now we will say Alhamdulillah, God saved and indeed it was a, Allah Ta'ala saved it. But he was so conscious that, but I told them we'll give you everything. So how can we keep this back? This is going against our word. He said, no, we can't do this. We have to give this to them also. They didn't touch us. They kept to their, their side of the deal. So now we have to keep to ours. So he encouraged her and she took that ring out and handed it over. He came, they came back. These people saw him coming, they were sitting and probably distributing these gifts. So what happened? He says, no, there was one thing got left behind. We told you we'll give you everything, but this ring got left. So therefore we came to give you this also. So he handed that ring and moved off. Now as the caravan is proceeding again, somewhere further down, suddenly they're surrounded again by robbers. They see the same group. Say, what happened now? We gave you everything already. He says, no, now we have come to give you everything back. Wow. That if you could keep to your word in such a way, then we can't hold, 
you have changed our hearts. We are repenting from this situation, from this kind of life that we are leading. And we have come to give you everything back. Now there was a time when a mu'min kept his word, even in the face of every kind of challenge, all kinds of difficulties, where he stood to apparently lose everything. But his word was his honor. That whatever can happen, but I can't go against my word. And unfortunately, what a sad situation. There have been so many incidents that we've heard about. Where first hand, the person that somebody sold his house, or he sold some property, sold it to who? A non-Muslim sold it to a Muslim. And now after he sold it, there were still some things to do, whatever. So suddenly now he's getting offers for more than what he sold it. And he says, but I already sold it. See, no, don't worry. We'll give you this extra, and this is how you can come out of that deal. And who is giving him these extra offers? A Muslim person. And the non-Muslim is saying to him, but I gave my word. Wow. Now what was our lesson? What was something that we passed on, meaning Islam passed on to the world? Others have upheld that, so they are progressing in dunya. And the Muslims left their own wealth behind. This is the real wealth. The wealth of values. The mu'min when he had, his word was his honor, then he stood with great respect wherever he was. He was given the highest regard. There are many older folk who sometimes speak about this. And they say there were many merchants, big wholesalers and so on in Durban etc. And non-Muslim merchants. And if a Muslim had to vouch for somebody, don't worry, you give him the goods and I will stand guarantee. All was required was him to vouch for him. His word was enough. That this person will do anything, he'll, he'll divest of all his wealth, but he won't go against his word. So they didn't even require anything beyond that Muslim's word. Now this is a person's word, when his word was his honor, when the inner values was the real thing that he lived for. When this was his real wealth, the inner wealth, then he had izzat, he had respect, he had honor. But when the real wealth was lost, and the material things became the means of honor. So that's artificial honor. And something artificial is artificial, it's only good to look at. But when a person is hungry, he can't eat that artificial fruit. That he has got no fragrance also in it. It's just good to look at, but it can't do any good for a person. Besides, look at it. So from far, everything looks very glamorous. All the artificial things. If it's earned in a halal way, it's a ni'mat from Allah Ta'ala, a person uses it correctly, mashallah, that's ni'mat, make shukar upon it. But in breaking the commands of Allah Ta'ala, in trampling the way of Rasulullah Wasallam, in losing this reality of wealth, the inner wealth, sacrificing what is the morals that Islam has taught us, and at that expense, at the expense of deen to acquire these things, then this is only good for looking at but when the time comes when a person is hungry, he can't eat that artificial fruit. And now when a person is hungry for that peace, hungry for that sukoon, for that tranquility, this ill-gotten wealth cannot give, give it to him at all. That wealth which has come in the manner of breaking the commands of Allah Ta'ala, that cannot give him one iota of sukoon, cannot give him one fraction of any peace. It will only add to the misery. So Allah Ta'ala says that لَإِنْ أَقَمْ that أُوفِي بِأَحْدِكُمْ وَإِيَّا يَفَرْهَبُونَ وَآمِنُوا بِمَا أَنزَلْتُ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا مَعَكُمْ 
Allah Ta'ala first says fear me alone when a person does not have this fear of Allah Ta'ala then he does what he wants, how he wants I'll get away with anything but there's a day of Qiyamah coming there's a day when we have to answer for our deeds we have to stand in front of Allah wa Ta'ala then how are we going to get away? So further Allah Ta'ala says, وَآمِنُوا بِمَا أَنزَلْتُ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا مَعَكُمْ That believe in this, this Qur'an Sharif, which testifies to that which was revealed before. And thereafter Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِي And don't become the first rejecters of it. Now why, whether the person is the first rejecter or the last rejecter, whether he was number one in rejecting it or number one million and one, both are equal in terms of being rejectors. This person will enter into, end up in Jahannam, that person will end up in Jahannam. So why does Allah say, وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ That don't be the first one who sets the precedent. Because if you set the precedent and others follow your example, you'll get your son and their son. They'll get their son as well. Now this is a, the Quran Sharif is not just something in passing, just something pertaining to a particular incident and that's the end of it. These are all principles. These are all usul, principles. That a person who sets a precedent, sets an example, it can be a good example, if he set a good example and it becomes a means of inspiring somebody else, then mashallah, what he did, he'll get his reward, what the other person did, he'll get his reward, plus the person who set the example will get that reward as well. He'll get a double reward. Ten people took that good example, he'll get ten people's reward. And a thousand people, he'll get thousand people's reward. And likewise the opposite. That if he set the negative precedent, he decided to set a precedent of how to have a wedding in a haram manner. And he thought that people are all, what they're doing now is all old-fashioned, I need to have something unique. So the unique thing is now the, what is halal is already done. So what's left is only haram. Because a unique now, he has to be unique. So what's halal is already done. So he has to find some haram and bring it in. He has to bring some dancing in. He has to bring some other fitnas in. So now somebody else sees this and they take the idea. This is something that we have to now learn from. And we have to not only learn from it, we have to better it. Now who gets the sin? Both parties and a double sin for the person who set the precedent. Somebody sets a precedent of going to haram places and then now he's taking some friends along. So they're following him. He gets the son of all those who followed him. So Allah Ta'ala is giving us this lesson that don't set wrong precedents. Don't take people in the wrong direction. Our own families set the right example for them. Set the example of coming closer to Allah Ta'ala. Set the example of deen. Example of the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And don't set the negative example. Now there are those magazines lying in the home, all kinds of filthy pictures. That newspaper which is 50 years ago is too long, even earlier than that, it has still been regarded as pornographic. But it has become part of the furniture of the home. And it lies there without anybody giving a second thought to it. The son is reading it and the mother is sitting on the other end and looking at what the son is watching, the filth that is in it. And father and daughter are reading it simultaneously also. And their whole haya is completely being decimated and broken down. Now what trend this is setting and what kind of precedent and example this is setting 
for the people of that household and for those that will come, the generations to come. Those grandchildren are already watching what goes on in this house and how everybody conducts themselves. And they are also following the same line then. So who becomes the means of it? Those who set that example. Allah Ta'ala is saying, don't set the wrong example. Because you will share the perpetual sin. As long as that sin continues, the trend of all kinds of immodest dressing. Now, somebody said the trend of some woman wearing a jeans. There was a time when nobody wore it. There was a time when this would have been an insult even to a non-Muslim woman. But when things start off, then it becomes a spark from a spark to a fire and a fire to an inferno. Then, then to turn it around is like an uncontrollable fire. Now a little bit of water here and there doesn't make any difference to it. But who set the trend? And in that particular home, that family where the trend started off from, then that now that's perpetual sin. As we get sadaqah jariya, perpetual rewards for the good that a person does. He built a well somewhere, dug a well somewhere, built a masjid, or other good deeds that continue, they get sadaqah jariya. And here we start off something that continues putting people into haram, into immodesty, into shamelessness. That box and television and all the movies and whatever else is watched, what does it create? What kind of things does it incite? How many youngsters, they say, I'm struggling with this, but I, this is in the home, and I sometimes try to get people to understand that, look, what is happening, this is wrong. But nobody would take heed. So I get caught up in it also. And I also sit down and watch. But after I finish, watch this thing. This is what happens to me. Now he can't talk to anybody about it. What goes on with him. And then what it leads him to do. Now he can't talk to his parents about it. He can't talk to the elders of the family about it. Because he's too embarrassed. But he says this is the root. That every time I make toba and I cry to Allah Ta'ala. And I seek forgiveness for the wrong I've done. And then it lasts for a while. But then again that I walk into the house. This thing is on. I sit in front of it, and then one thing leads to another, and then I'm back where I fell. So now this is that, unfortunately we are setting these situations of perpetual sin coming to our account. So Allah wa ta'ala is saying, وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِهِ وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا وَإِيَّا فَاتَّقُونَ Then there are various other aspects mentioned, time is already run out. وَإِيَّا يَفَتَّقُونَ اللَّهَ تَلَى سَيْدُ وَلَا تَلْبِسُوا الْحَقَّ بِالْبَاطِلِ وَتَكْتُمُوا الْحَقَّ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَارْكَعُوا مَعَ الرَّاكِعِينَ Just to finish up on this ayat where Allah Ta'ala says establish salah, discharge the zakat. Now already Allah Ta'ala says وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ That has already been said. That establish salah. But together with that bow down with those who are bowing down. With the entire group of people that are bowing down. The Mufassirin explained that this is giving the aspect of Salah with Jama'ah. That perform Salah with Jama'ah which is wajib for males without a valid excuse, shari excuse, it's not permissible to miss out the Jama'ah. So this is something which Allah Ta'ala is giving us this direction in the Qur'an Sharif that establish salah, discharge the zakat and perform salah in jama'ah. وَرْكَعُوا مَعَ This is something which is a whole subject on its own and the importance of salah with jama'ah. Our Fajr salah, Zuhar, Asr, Maghrib, whether it is the midst of the busiest day of the year, whether it is the 
shortest nights and it's a very early summer morning, Fajr is at 4 o'clock or whatever time it might be or whether it might be the coldest winter morning but Salah with Jama'ah Allah is giving us this that we perform all our Salah with Jama'ah and there is so much of safety and security for a person's Iman, for everything there's so much of it in the Salah with Jama'ah and when a person starts shirking Jama'ah starts performing Salah on his own then first the Jama'ah goes then after the Jama'ah going then soon in a short while after that the Sunnat Ghair Mu'akkada is gone before that then it just become the Farz and then once in a while then the Farz gets missed also it just slightly just some thought in the mind well I must make the Qaza later but where it started off from it started off from becoming lax in Salah with Jama'ah Salah with Jama'ah is not given its due importance it starts then finally coming and attacking even the Farz itself so this at no cost should be missed the Salah with Jama'ah must be given its highest priority these are some of the lessons that are in these ayat besides the numerous other lessons Allah Ta'ala has given Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of taking all these lessons to heart Allah Ta'ala make us his true and obedient servants we are now approaching this very Mubarak period in time the 15th night of Shaban is just on our doorstep the month of Ramadan is already on our doorstep as well Allah Ta'ala is giving us these opportunities not just for the occasion this is not just that on that day a person now exerts himself in ibadat and then forget about everything indeed he'll exert himself in ibadat on that day in the month of Ramadan but these are meant to become life-changing occasions that a person changes his entire life for the better that he now reflects that what am I heading towards what, what is my life all about what is the condition of my salah how much of wrong have I got in my life and what am I doing to rid, it, rid myself of it how am I going to stop committing all the haram that I'm involved in I'm going to rectify my life and make myself a true servant of Allah Ta'ala. so these are occasions for this reflection for sincere tawbah for cleaning out the past and reaffirming our pledge with Allah Ta'ala for the way forward Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen make zikr for a short while in the dua it's reported in the Hadith Sharif that a person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah what this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous actions and give him the tawfiq of staying away from sin and this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah so inshallah we should try and make a practice of reciting this daily inshallah La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah La ilaha illallah 
Ya Allah, the miserliness and all the filth from our hearts, remove it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, adorn it with all the noble qualities, Ya Allah. Grant us tawazu and humility, Ya Allah. Grant us the reality of humility, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us, Ya Allah, taqwa, Ya Allah. Grant us tawakkul, Ya Allah. Grant us true yaqeen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us all the sifat hamida Ya Allah. Remove all the sifat razila from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your true slaves, Ya Allah. Make us your true slaves, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save our families, Ya Allah. Save the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't leave us to ourselves, Ya Allah. Don't leave us to ourselves with the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you protect us and saveguard us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us all the time to your pleasure, Ya Allah. Save us from ever doing anything that will displease you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all your countless bounties and ni'mat, Ya Allah. So many bounties and ni'mat that we don't even know about, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, every moment you are showering these innumerable bounties upon us, Ya Allah. But you have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have, Ya Allah, all we have done in return is we have disobeyed you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive this terrible ingratitude of ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, we are making shukr for all your ni'mat upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the reality of shukr, Ya Allah. And make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are sick, give them shifaya kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their illness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who are in hospitals, Ya Allah, give them complete shifaya and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bring them back home with shifaya and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, those who are in financial difficulties, give them, Ya Allah, afiyat of their difficulties, Ya Allah. Grant them barkat in the rizq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us, Ya Allah, halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those anxieties, depression, worries, Ya Allah. Remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant happiness in the hearts of one and all, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ilahul alameen ya Allah ya Allah you give us a tawfiq of those a'mal that ya Allah bring down your rahmat ya Allah save us from those a'mal that bring down your azab ya Allah ilahul alameen ya Allah you protect us from the azab of the qabr ya Allah ya Allah protect us from the azab of the qabr ya Allah protect us from the azab of the day of qiyamah ya Allah ya Allah protect us from jahannam ya Allah ya Allah we cannot withstand the heat of the sun in dunya ya Allah ya Allah where can we withstand jahannam ya Allah ya Allah you save us and protect us ya Allah ya Allah you grant us jannatul those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, fill their covers with nur, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Give them the highest stages of akhirat, Ya Allah. And at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, give us grant us khatma bil khair, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us a death of shahadat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, make our covers gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us jannah for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And give us jannah for those without any reckoning. Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, these Mubarak days and nights and the Mubarak month of Ramadan is right in front of us. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq of preparing ourselves, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to use these moments of time with Ya Allah complete, Ya Allah, in a way that you will be pleased, Ya Allah. Ilahul 
Alameen, save us from wasting these Mubarak moments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make this month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. Enable us to live it, Ya Allah. Enable us to see it, Ya Allah. And Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make it a means of us gaining the great wealth of Taqwa, Ya Allah. Enable us to make it, Ya Allah, make it a means for us to gain your Muhammad, Ya Allah. Make it a means of us becoming your true and obedient slaves and servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah, remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who are present and all those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, grant them all their needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, fulfill all the pious aspirations, Ya Allah, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, remove each one's sorrow and grief, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu begged for, Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah, whatever Rasulullah Sallallahu sought refuge from Allah you grant us protection as well Ya Allah Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim Rabbana taqabbal minna تقبل منا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا وتب علينا وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله